Please have somebody, please take a, uh, some type of video of that, you know. And so um, we were able to do, uh, at least I was able to do it with my phone. I was able to do uh, Jakari's, and they turned out really good. So I'm trusting that this one will turn out just as good. But um, just want to thank you and all, all of the uh, all of the work that was put into that. Um, um, you know, start calling names, and then you're gonna miss somebody inevitably. You know, but uh, again, we just want to thank every one of you for just putting that time in, the sacrifice to to share with us, and then with the visual to go along with what was going on. Uh, that really make a difference. Let's give them a hand in that area, okay? Um, that's all. That's great. Jenna, I know I put it somewhere. Okay. Have all these pockets in uh, with the PowerPoint. This this morning, as we um, look at God's word, we definitely want to again go to what has to be said. We were um, Friday. We had the uh, Good Friday service, and with the Good Friday service, we were going over the various various words. And you hear me say this over and over and over again. Concept and function. What is it? If you have the bad concept, you're going to function differently. And they gave me a word, I thirst. And I was trying to explain to him, Jesus was not thirsty. Yes, he was thirsty, but been beaten up and dead for 15 hours. Do you think that he would just say, I'm thirsty at that point? There had to be a reason why he said, I thirst. And, uh, and we explored the reason. And going back to Psalm 69, where it says that they uh, gave me poison food and they uh, gave me uh, sour wine or vinegar. And so he just fulfilled scripture. That's why he said, I thirst. And so as we come to this point, we are, we're still dealing with this whole idea of the resurrection. It's key. It's key for a number of reasons. Let's bow in prayer. Father, as we come this morning, it's not, it's not so much important I go through all the notes as it is to make sure everyone understands the dynamics of your word. You're not playing games at all. You're rapidly getting ready to wrap things up. And either we're in or we're out. There's no middle of the road. And if we're out, there's no more getting in. And so, Lord, let us pray that you would just um, lead and guide us in our time. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In preface to what we're getting ready to, uh, to, to deal with and our, our theme for this morning as we come to um, uh, the whole idea of embracing the resurrection reality. You know, it's not so much... See, there's some folks, there are unsaved folks who don't believe in the resurrection. We're not talking about those folks. We're talking about individuals who walk with Jesus Christ, saw his death, resurrection, and still had doubts. Still have problems. And, and understanding something about the, of the resurrection. All the way up to the cross with Adam. 
all of the sins, everything that we have done, God says, you are under my judgment and you will burn in a lake of fire forever. All the way up to the cross, there was nothing you could do that would please God. All of our works of righteousness were as filthy rags. And Jesus carried all of our sins up to the cross because he's the second Adam. Because here's the rule, here's the rule in um, Ecclesiastes 3, I think it's 15 or 16, 14 to 15. It says this, whatever God does, it is forever. Nothing can be taken away from it, see, and nothing can be added to it or taken away from it. So what it means is this, that whatever God does, if you're born a human, it is forever. You'll never die. This word death means separation. When you die, it's where you're going to stay after you leave this life. Because whatever God did is forever. God created you forever. The question now is where? We have settled the who and the what. The question is where? And up to the cross of Calvary, we knew what was happening. Who's going to do it? But now we're at Calvary, and if Jesus doesn't die for our sins, you know what Jesus represents all the way back to Melchizedek? Uh, the representative is, after he is dead, it shall come. If Jesus Christ didn't die, you see, but after he is dead, it shall come. With, with uh, Methuselah, we look at after he died, it wasn't a few years later, here come the flood through Noah. Now, here comes Jesus. He's on the cross of Calvary. You can bet on not only did he die and our salvation was settled, his judgment is well on his way. But the resurrection was our freedom. And the disciples, and what, what the Bible is keying in on, what we're dealing with now, is not the unsaved. What we're going to be dealing with is with the saved. And as we deal with these individuals, it might hit one or two of you in each one of these phrases. So we'll try to be as succinct or to the point as possible. Reading just a couple of verses here, it says, John 20, 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And then we'll switch to another John 20, 25. It says, so the other disciple told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, this is Thomas, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my fingers into the mark of of the nails and place my hand into his side. I what's this word? I will what? He said, do, he said, read my lips. I will never. That's one of his disciples been with Jesus over three years. If, unless I am able to do all of these things, check this out, read my lips. I will never. You see, there was, some, there was some problematic things happening on the other side of the cross. Some of the same type of problems that we have on the other side of the cross. 
And so I talked to we talk, we deal with a couple of things on the other side of the cross. Now that we're sa- we're talking now with saved folks. We're talking about we, we, those folks. I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm so glad. We're talking about those folks. It's those who supposed to know Jesus. And so clarifying our thoughts for this morning. The clarity of Christ's death was devastating to the disciples and followers of Christ. Those who were very close to Christ had to deal with several significant things. The personal presence of the master. The purpose seemed to be gone. The plan uh, seems to be crushed. The persecution and death. I mean, all of this. All of this. Um, the, the whole idea of... All of this is gone with, with our Lord. The placement in a borrowed tomb. This was the Messiah. They were all those years and all of the miracles and him raising from the dead. And now he's dead? They were shocked. They were, there's no way to describe how each one were feeling. And that's why I had to take out just a few of them for this morning. I had to take out, number one, I had to take out, uh, I had to take out a female, and so I had to take out Mary Magdalene. Because, you see, the guys, they be tripping at times. So I said, let me at least take out a female, and let's put the feeling side. What, what side of it? The... And so we wanted to do that as we go through this thing. There were three people we should take a closer look at uh, their pain and confusion and then the good news about the resurrection. Mary Magdalene, devastation. Thomas, disbelief and confusion. Peter, denial mixed with guilt. On the other side of, of, of the cross, all of them had these feelings. On the other side of the cross, and we'll first start with Mary Magdalene. And with Mary Magdalene, this is the one who had demons, uh, was possessed by a demon. And Mary Magdalene is where Jesus Christ delivered her. She followed Jesus. She was faithful to Jesus. There was no relationship like these folks coming up with the movie. She had, there was no relationship between Mary and uh, Magdalene and Jesus. That, that's fake news. That's what they call nowadays. Fake. What type of news? Okay, every time you hear that, this a fake news. Okay, because Mary Magdalene, was, it was just crushing. It was crushing. And when he said, we read it earlier, one he said to her, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And so um, we'll, we'll move a little bit further here. There were a few things she needed to understand about this uh, Mary. First, delivered from demons. Two, dedicated to the Lord who saved her. Three, devastated by the merciless treatment and crucifixion. Next, determined to give him a decent burial. Solution, a soft and assuring voice of security. The first snapshot we have is Mary Magdalene, even after they crucified our Lord, she didn't, she didn't go into a corner and cry. She wanted to know, the first thing she wanted to know is, they crucified him, he's a mess, and they're going to bury him, and they have not given him a good Jewish burial. She said, I'm going to do it. It was two Marys. She said, I'm going to, we're going to do it. And so they followed and watched from afar off where they buried him with the intent of going and giving him a decent burial. 
Well, when they went early in the morning, that there was a the earthquake. There was an earthquake. The stone was rolled away, and the, the, the angel rolled the stone away. Yeah, the stone. The angel rolled the stone away. Stone away. And what happened was, the angels told them the first confrontation. The angel told them, "Who are you looking for?" He said, "He had risen. They haven't gone into the tomb yet. It's the two of them first. He says, "Go tell the disciples." So they go tell the disciples. The disciples come and they look at everything else. Mary still hangs around because her hurt, you no, know, she's purpose driven. Uh, he still haven't been cleaned up. So she's kind of understanding what's going on here. She still hangs around, so she walks to the tomb. And she looks in, and when she looks in, she sees two angels sitting on both sides of the tomb. And, she, and he said, well, who are you looking for? He says, Jesus, well, he's not here. He has risen. And then as she was, they were talking to her, then he heard a verse say, woman. Each, each, time, each time they said, woman. And, and she's confused. She's crushed. Her, there's no more Jesus to look at. No one to really thank anymore physically. When you would have walked with a person for three years and have laughed and that person have delivered you and you have enjoyed the fellowship and all of a sudden, gone. And, and the Bible says, it's nothing but this, not with the guys, just the women. She's crying. Her feelings, she's crying. I mean, these are not just little tears running down. She's crying. And she hears a voice, as supposed to be a gardener, says, and says, uh, who are you looking for? He said, if you stole them. You know, I mean, well, not, listen, if somebody stole the body of my Lord, listen, tell me where he is. I'll get him and give him a decent burial. In turn, said woman. It didn't say woman. This I said Mary. And when she heard the word Mary, she turned around and said, "Rabboni, Rabboni." What she needed in that moment is what some of us really need. Your friends can't give it. Only God. That small, soft, soft voice in your disturbing moments. That's why it's important to get a quiet time with the Lord. When things are troubled and you just can't put it all together. Mary. Remember we sing the song, He Knows My Name. <laughs> Mary. And when, he, when, when she heard Mary, she immediately said, Rabboni. Jesus. I know who you are. On the other side of Calvary, she needed to know that he was a risen Lord and he's still there. But, but she clinged to him. She said, no, 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 don't cling to me. I'm not what I used to be. I was your master on this side. I'm your Savior and Lord on this other side. There was no relationship because you see, the Lord said, don't cling to me. I'm I'm God. I have, I have accomplished my purpose. I died for your sins. I'm God. He said, I have not ascended to my father yet. Now you go tell these guys, especially Peter, go tell them to meet me at a certain place. Mary. 
And then we have Thomas disbelief and confusion. John 20, 24. Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands in the mark of the nails and place my fingers into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it into my side and do not disbelieve but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. No, we're hard on Thomas. We're hard on this guy because, you know, we have this little statement now, oh, you are doubting Thomas. I like, one thing I like about Thomas, he goes by what um, Randy was saying, you hear me saying everything. Whenever a person makes a statement, you always ask three questions. And that's what Thomas did. Because Thomas was, uh, had seen it all, but the horrifying and devastating storm of the crucifixion was horrifying and, and devastating. And with a great disappointment, he had, a, a, had to regroup in his thinking. And the, biggest, and the biggest obstacle, the resurrection of Christ. For me to believe the resurrection after three years of hanging out with Jesus and he's dead now, do you know what it, how much it took me to believe all of that? And now he's dead? And you're telling me that he is alive? Uh, uh, uh. You see, he said, I've been crushed. I've really been crushed about this thing. Like any other seeker of the truth, three questions had to be answered. Here's number one. Why did you say that? Two, what is your burden of proof? Three, how does this apply to me? That's what Paul was, that's what uh, uh, Thomas was saying. You, you're saying that here, but let me tell you something. Before I put myself on the line again, I need to know something for sure. I want someone to die for. Now, I know it sounds like an extreme, but unless I put my finger into his, the nail prints of his hand, Put my finger, I mean, the man is very, I mean, he was not being rude. He just said, this is where I'm at. I need proof. If I'm going to develop a position of being bold, give me some proof that I can stand on. When we talk about standing on the promises of God, what's your proof? He said, I need feeling proof. I need to touch him. We've been through storms, we've been through seen demons, we've seen death. I need to see him. Did you notice the disciples didn't argue with him? They left it to Jesus. Because you see, it was between him and Jesus. One of our greatest problems in our belief system is not all the facts laid out on the table. 
It boils down to what we believe in our Lord, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Solution, establishing clarity to ensure a solid and unshakable conviction. Once he was convicted, once his conviction was nailed down, you can hear that he had it settled in his heart, he said. And it wasn't like, he wasn't a shock. He, when he said, oh, my Lord and my God, you know, he wasn't talking about the, about the wounds and everything. He was saying affirmation, my Lord and my God, I believe. What does it take for all of us to put our all on the altar? What else does God have to do for us to put it all on the altar, not just part? And when you do, make sure you say along with Thomas, my Lord and my God, here is where I stand. Here's the last been very patient. We'll move right along. Peter's denial mixed with guilt. As we look at this, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You see, right after Thomas did all that, my Lord, my God, you keep reading. Just read, read the next chapter there. You find Peter there, they're waiting around, and all of a sudden Peter says, I'm going fishing. And the other disciples say, we are too. And so the whole group decide, and some of them were not fishermen at all. Matthew was not a fisherman. He said, I'm going too. It's amazing who you affect. And we're going fishing too. So they went fishing. And Jesus met them. But he had to get things straight with Peter because, see, Peter was still operating under I, I denied my Lord, and I never had a chance to say, I'm sorry. Yes, he has risen. Yes, he's Lord. He's God. But I personally didn't have a chance out of those three years. I really didn't mean it. I didn't have a chance to tell him personally, Lord, I'm sorry. How can I do ministry with this type of burden, telling others about Christ and me, myself? It was not settled deep down in my soul. How can I tell others to be lifted from their bondage, and they will, and they'll live for forever, but they'll be free, and I'll still be in my bondage because I still feel the guilt. Where do you go with that? And that's how gracious our Lord is. He'll meet you right where you're at. And you know what happens when you get into a quandary like that? You have a tendency to revert back to what's normal for you. 
And the thing that was his, his safe zone, his, the bubble that was normal for him was to go fishing. I go fishing. And there's the guy. He didn't say, guys, would you like to go fishing? He said, I'm going fishing. And they said, hey, hey Peter, because you know, he's the most outspoken. We're going with you then, man. Didn't catch anything. Good intentions with a bunch of nothing. Let me say this our observation as we move to our close. For Peter, the reality of Christ's resurrection had a twofold effect. Salvation was finally secured for all who would believe in his Savior was alive. Two, his unforgettable threefold denial of Christ and being able to ask for forgiveness. A painful di dialogue between Jesus and Peter. One, and Jesus kind of tells us how we dialogue with people out of love. Here's, here's the first thing. Let's read it together. Love always confronts with a spirit of gentleness. Peter, do you love me? Whenever you're dealing with a hard situation, always approach it with a spirit of gentleness. Here's the next thing. Love, ready? Love will adjust to the level of a person that needs their affirmation. Peter didn't quite understand. They were using two Greek words. And, and Peter was saying one thing. And the Lord was saying the other. Peter, you agape me? And, the, and Peter was saying, Lord, I phileo you. Peter, do you agape me? Lord, I phileo you. Peter, do you phileo me? Jesus came to his level. Because Peter needed deliverance. He said, Lord, you know everything. Always, always, love will adjust to the level of a person that needs the affirmation. Love confronts with an action plan to establish closure and productivity. Feed my sheep. You know one thing I like about Jesus? He didn't go back to the offense. Peter already had the guilt there. So he didn't have to go back to, do you remember when the three, remember when you heard the, the, the rooster? I saw you when you backed out. He didn't, he didn't go back. He, he's already, that's going over his head already. And the girl pointed to you and you went out first. I, I knew all of that. He didn't go through all of that. He didn't need to go through all of that. What he needs to go to now is the resurrection and there's a plan. Let's stay with the plan. Feed my sheep. You have guys who followed you to fishing and everything else. Take care of these guys. There's work to do. I'm not, I have not fire, fired you, boy. <laughs> Let's read that next one. What is it? Love never stops seeking for a relationship of excellence. Solution. Forgiveness, acceptance, and inclusion. Forgiveness, exception, inclusion. Do you see what all three of them need? Mary needed consolation. She needed to know her Lord was okay. She needed to know that he was still Jesus, but now he's God. Thomas 
He was a man of conviction. He, he would stand against a hundred, a, a thousand, but give me something to stand on. Help me to believe it, and I'll die on it. Peter, I'm walking around with things that, that I need forgiveness on. Things that I've been carrying around a long time. And guess what? The Lord met all three of them. Didn't he? On all levels. And I don't care what you're going through. The resurrection have made a difference. It's not based on your past sins. The cross have made a difference. It's what has, what's happening on the other side of the, sin, of the cross. Where the Lord says, that's where I want to make the difference. Your relationship with me. Whether you want proof. Whether you are, there's some things that you have not quite given over to the Lord. Also important. So, one last thing. That is, question. How are you responding to the resurrection? And how do you think this affects the one who died and rose while sin? When you think about the resurrection, what is your response? Another Sunday? Another day in the year? That'll go at 365, 64, we go around to the 65th and then it's Easter again or a Resurrection Sunday again. Is this what we're celebrating? Or the fact that we're anticipating our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and whatever our shortcomings are on this side of Calvary, he'll, what I'm finding here, he'll meet you there. He will meet you there. And as we close this morning, I just want to say to each one of you that that little song that all of us know heard for years. Well, they they have not modernized it yet. It's still simple. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Look the one to him below. They are weak, but he is strong. And then affirmation, yes. 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 Jesus loved me. Mary would say to you after that confrontation with Jesus, confronting Jesus, yes. Thomas would tell you, man, yes. Peter dropping that burden, he'll say, yes. Jesus loved me. Because each one he called Mary by name. He had Thomas say, prove it. And then he fixed breakfast for me. <laughs> and had a dialogue. Yes. God is able to meet you where you are. So that you'll be where he is in victory. Yes. Yes. And so we, as we close this morning, 
there might be one who do not know Christ as Savior. I, I close on this note then. It was at a funeral when I said that if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you are a homeless person. And I said, I hate, I don't want to preach a homeless funeral. There's nothing to say to a person who have denied my Savior. Put the nothing, all that have happened at the cross, making himself available. And you mean to still say, no, there's nothing I can say. And so, I just want to say to you, if you do not know Christ as your Savior, today, you can say, Lord, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. And you died on the cross of Calvary for me. And this day, I would want to ask that you forgive me. Forgive me of my sins and make me yours. I believe that Jesus Christ rose again for me. And you know what? Like Jesus met Mary, met Thomas, met Peter, he'll meet you where you are. And those of us who know Christ, with all of the struggles that we have and all of that, that old nature that you're bearing with, uh, battling with, the Lord said, I, I, I'll meet you. <laughs> you want to talk about it? It's just between you and me. Each one a very personal thing. He'll make it personal. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the saints. Thank you for our time together. And I pray, Lord, that we will embrace the resurrection reality. We are now saints saved by grace. Saints adopted sons of God, daughters of God, on our way to glory. We never had to look back again, but forward. Thank you because you loved us with everlasting love. And may today and this day forward be shown that way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.